Hello and welcome back to the On Guard Cigar Salon. I am very, very excited this week because we have our first guest, Donna Sachet, here with us. And I'm honored to be the first guest. I just hope I fit in. <laughs> and as usual, our On Guard panel of Ray Spannon, Graylin Thornton, the Cigar Pig, and behind the camera, we have Pup Amp keeping us on track. So Donna, thank you for coming on with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself what your history is. Blame Grace for getting me involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I moved to San Francisco in 1990 and I, I kept updating my bio saying, you know, after 10 years, after 15, 20, now it's like 30 years I've been here. It's hard to imagine, but I was, I came at a great time. I mean, it was the, it was the height of the AIDS epidemic, not a great time in that way, but the, the community was reinventing themselves and I was, it's hard to imagine, I'm so gay now. I was not as out and I was so w busy working in the corporate world and trying to climb the ladder and you know working at home and I just didn't even have time to do stuff. And after a year of living here, I thought, I like San Francisco, but it's never gonna come to me. I gotta come to it. I canceled my New York Times subscription. Mm -hmm. I joined the Gay Men's Chorus and I started volunteering for one of the AIDS organizations. And then it just enwraps you and it, it became a lifeblood. So I've been involved in very many things here. I, most proud of uh, a lot of the work I've done for the Pride Parade. I've been the uh, co-anchor for 14 years. I've done a show holiday cabaret for 24 years. I've done a brunch uh, for the Folsom Street Fair and one for Pride for 20 years. So that, I guess I am happy here 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> so you're pretty much everywhere, right? I, no, I don't know about everywhere, but I go, I, I do try to keep that, that uh, touch on the whole community, you know, because if you go to the same easy things, it just becomes boring, first of all. And you know you're honored and received there. But what about that bar that's new? You know, I love pushing down a little bit. And with not just gay events, but outside of that, you know, the wider community too. Right. Yeah. And we're coming up on June, which is Pride Month traditionally. And you're kind of known for gay pride. You've co-hosted on, with on different Air networks. Yeah. It started with Jim Gabbard. He owned his, uh, the television station. I'll never forget that first year. It was running overtime. He owned the station. They went to him. It's running overtime. What do we do? What do we do? And I was the I was the, the gay person with two professional anchors, and and he said just keep running it. They said, oh, the sponsors. He said, I own the station, and he ran the parade to the end. So that was a great start for it. Then it went to different networks and stuff, and um, it, it, it's been a great experience because I get to see the whole thing as it goes by, and not sure I like everything I see that goes by, but you have to think <laughs> about all of it, and you get a big perspective of what it all is about. You know, I love the small groups, like six people that are right. part of the. Afghan, you know, uh, lesbian organization you've never heard of. Somebody can see that and say, I could be a part of that. So it's very exciting. Uh -huh. um, and let me just ask the panelists here, when was your first gay pride and what was that experience like for you? I mean, let's start with the year. My first gay pride was in 1986 because uh -huh. I was a member of a leather club in San Jose called Slug, South Bay Leather Uniform Group. And we marched in that parade. And it was amazing because we started in the Castro and then went to Civic Center from there. So it was an early morning party because you're in the Castro and then you just partied on down the street. Yeah. That's great. So, Race, what about you? Uh, my first gay pride was. You say eighteen something. I'm. <laughs> What's the year? <laughs> He's pre Stonewall. <laughs> I could be. Um, it was the seventies in Chicago. I can't remember the exact year, um, but it is long enough ago that it was called the Gay Liberation Front yeah, right. at the time. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't called Gay Pride at the time? No, it was, well, I can't remember what the actual parade itself was called, but the movement was definitely called the Gay yeah. Liberation Front. So it was less of a party and a parade and more of a march? It was very political. Yeah. It was yeah. very political. So that's how it started out. What about you, Donna? Was that how it started for you? Um, well, my first one was in San Francisco. I mean, as, as I said, I lived here for a year and didn't do anything, and then when I got into the gay men's course, they said, we have a contingent in the parade. I have to mark, how, how far is it? How long do I have to go? But, uh, and that was interesting too, because it's a gay men's course. It was a big step for me to join a group that said gay in the title. And I was getting hold of myself. And, and I remember they said, we're gonna wear our, our signature black t-shirts and black from the waist down. 
So I wore hot pants and black fishnets and heels, <laughs> and two chorus members pulled me aside and said, that's not the representation oh. of the chorus. Oh. I said, oh, it will be before I get done with it. <laughs> uh, so really even surprised. back then, they didn't want you to be in the parade? They, they just didn't think it fit their image. And it, is that what we're trying to do, an image of these organizations? I mean, you know, it's a gay men's chorus. I, they're really upset me. Well, that's interesting. But not that gay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, <laughs> we're going to cut spectrum off at each end or something. It was irritating. But. I want to circle back to that. Okay. Um, but mine was in 1991 in Los Angeles. I had a daddy named Michael Bales who took me to my first gay pride. Um, and that was very much a parade with go-go boys on the floats. I think it was before we had any real corporate sponsorships. Um, so it was more gay organizations and bars, uh, but it was very lavish floats. And I was very impressed about it because I was just newly out and I hadn't seen this many gay folk out in public in the sunshine, just celebrating it. And so for me, it was a celebration, not a march. Um, and it, it made me feel good. I really liked it. And my first was in 1975. And you're right, it was the Gay Liberation Front, um, hosted by the Mattachine Society. And it went down Christopher Street. In New York. That, okay. In New York, yeah. It, it went down Christopher Street. I was in the city, New York City. And it didn't get on Fifth Avenue at the time. And it was what you said, all small groups. You know, in fact, some people just came from the sidelines and started marching. That's what I heard. Yeah. And yeah, and you know, it really not only felt like community, but like you said, it was the first time, even though I was in the city and living in the West Village, that, you know, it was out in the daylight and everybody was like marching. And for the first time you see how many of us there are. There are. It ended in Central Park, right? It and did. Well, this one, the first one actually was Christopher <clears throat> Street and went down to the, um, oh, I don't yeah. want to say down to the trucks, but right. down towards the water. <laughs> the water. <laughs> <laughs> but if I can say one thing, and then I had to work in Omaha in the 90s for about a year and a half. And they had a parade, and of course we went to it because we had a large HIV program. And there were people who marched with bags on their head. And at first I thought, you know, oh brother. And then I thought, how arrogant of me. What a powerful statement oh. that people there still didn't feel like they, for their job or family, couldn't do it. And I really felt kind of foolish at first for thinking. So they wore a bag over their head so they wouldn't be recognized? Uh, the reason is that many of us have to wear masks because if we're seen on TV or in the leader post, we could lose our jobs, uh, put the custody of our children in jeopardy. And uh, because we still do not have protective legislation in the province of Saskatchewan. Right. And I, it was I, the I've biggest statement. Wow. But it was the biggest statement I have seen since the 70s. It's a different kind of courage. That they uh, oh. It, but not. And that they had to mm. say, you know, I can't be out at my job or my family. It mm. was kind of, it was very powerful. But they were still they wanting to be to a march. presence, which is powerful. And you know people. what? It was women, too. Mm. That means. Wow. So then my next question is, when was the first time that you went to a gay pride as an out kinkster in leather, or did you ever? Um, yes. Do okay. I get to tell my pride? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, year. Was it last year, your first one? No. Was it last year? Well, to segue to the question, mine was not only my first king pride, but my first gay pride. And it was when I was 21, because I lived in a very Catholic-like household. Uh, so it was, I knew I was kinky, I knew it was in the leather, I was active in the leather scene in Seattle, but it was my first pride, and I actually got a chance to both wear gear, but, but join in the, the puppy uh, contingent of the parade itself. Wow. That, that said, we had a lovely time, nobody had any issues with us in puppy hoods and jock straps and gear, um, but it was very commercialized. It yeah. was very much walking past Macy's, you had Mama Tits at the time, I think was doing the, the MCing in Seattle. Like, you know, doing a great job emceeing, but it was very much wholly focused on the corporations, the, the booths, the Amazons, because it's Seattle. Mm. And the Kingsters, I do distinctly remember getting there late and still waiting three hours because we were at the very, 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 very end of the parade. Wow. Was that in Seattle? Yeah, no, so it was Seattle, but I will say uh, Seattle does a much better job not including the corporations or taking money from them than certain cities that I currently yeah. live in. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that was shade. <laughs> so then my question is, you said that they didn't want you to march in drag. A handful uh, of people. Not everybody, but a handful. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, 
Have you experienced that? Uh, when did you first go to one of these parades or, or pride celebrations in, in leather? When, do you remember a first time? Or was your first time in leather? My first time was in leather. Uh, I, I came right out into leather uh, at a very young age. And I remember back then, nobody really giving a damn about me being in leather. And it wasn't until many years later that it became an issue. Because when we did it, it was like, whatever numbers you yep. could bring out, bring them out. Mm. And we were all kind of in it together. Yes, there was a little bit of, you know, try to conform, but for the most part, they accepted us. Then many years later, I think the leather kink and pride thing came up a little bit. And I actually saw more resistance later than early. I agree. You know, one of the things I noticed from the 70s was it was the queens, the leather, and the club kids. They didn't call them that. They weren't club kids like they know in the 90s. But I will say one thing. How we're having this heteronormative come to us now where everybody wants to be so, you know, three kids, I don't know, and a, a couple, which is fine. But back then, a lot of the less kink really didn't want a whole lot to do with the pride month. Yeah, we did, do, right? They really didn't. And they were kind of looking down on the queens and the leather who started it, at least on Christopher well, Street. Even Stonewall didn't represent the whole community. There were many people like, oh, they're causing yeah. too much of a stir now, you know. Egg, that's it, causing a stir. Yeah. And I remember that. And, and so it's so interesting, we're coming full circle. You know, I remember, um, you know, 86 was my first time marching in the parade but the first time i went to a parade i think it was like 1979 i was in college mm -hmm. and i remember walking through civic center and i saw these women in leather um and to me they were like tall and gorgeous and yeah. you know <laughs> the perfect dominatrix so i i went to school and um i said to my teacher i saw these gorgeous women in leather which was like a weird thing to say it's in college <laughs> and she said yes there's sam Wu." Samwa. Samwa. And uh, that's when I got really interested in leather because I saw these women and you I saw two just, women in I leather. I saw two women in leather. And that, that got me just really <laughs> worked up. I said earlier in one of the earlier broadcasts, I had seen the story of O. Uh, when I was 16. So to me, it's just like, oh, there they are. <laughs> yeah, my people, my really people, oh, take oh, me, I will be your slave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what that is. You, you go. <laughs> um, I, I hope I get this correct. Samwa was started at least in part by Gail Rubin. I believe maybe Patrick, <coughs> Pat, Pat Calipia, who was not Patrick Calipia. And I believe they started Samoa. It was the very first lesbian BDSM organization, certainly on the West Coast, wow. and it might be the very first ever. I really? don't want to hmm. say that for sure, but I believe it might be. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know. And they were based here in the Bay Area. Doesn't everything come out of here? I mean, this is yes. fertile ground. Right? It's just incredible. <laughs> incredible. I always say there's something in the water, in the air. I'm going to keep drinking it and breathing it. <laughs> you know, I think we come up with Okay, I'll drink it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Of course, there's the dikes on bikes, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, so in the, the that's come under con controversy over the last few years, having the dikes and bikes lead the parade. Weren't they put in the back or No, later? they've never successfully been put in the back. It's been but contested they've sometimes. They've been, been yeah. talked about and, a and lot. That's, it's an odd decision to be in because I'm working with the network and right. they hire me for this thing and I'm working with the straight anchors and, you know, sometimes they can be very dismissive and like, oh, uh, whatever. But, I mean, I know my group, so I know my, my community. And so when they make mistakes, I say, actually, no, that was something else, you know, on the air, live. And um, it... it it's odd to be in that position when they say something about, you know, now what, what are they, why are they the first part of the parade? And you want to explain it quickly on live television. So even those in our community that don't understand it, get it. So what do you say? Well, it's a long-term relationship. You know, for, for many years, the women, as the movement was beginning, felt left out. Right. It was about all gay men up on the stage, gay speakers on the stage, gay men always, you know, leading the parade. And they said, we've, we've got some issues too. Some of us are tall and in leather, you know, and they, they wanted to be recognized. And this uh, burgeoning group of uh, women on motorcycles was starting. They had to fight for their name even right. because the Supreme Court said that uh, it was a degrading term. It's like, oh no, we're dykes. I mean, yeah, you know, right. they own the term. And well, we, we even have some in our own community not yeah. wanting to Still. call it dykes and bikes. They right. think it's derogatory. Yeah. Um, but... And that, that's happened over time. Lots of names and terminology True. we've used 
has been viewed as problematic. Right. Even yeah. the queer word. Remember for well, years. Oh, queer was came, a huge and, thing. And people are, I guess we're sort of all the same generation, more or less. Right. Well, <laughs> you the know. The word queer was not very popular. It wasn't. Well, we co-opted it and, and made it that, which our community is good at. But you know what goes along, Donna, is that that's why it's LB, LGBT. It used to be it started out, and lesbians fought for that because they said Absolutely. gay men, remember? The only and organization it, that still has GLBT is the historical society. But remember when it was still. GLBT and there was a bit in the yeah. 70s, it was the same time as Dykes on Bikes said, yeah. you know, gay men are always first. And I have to say the gay men at the time said, you're right, we're going to start having yeah, our press do LGBT. That was too, gay men were being cared for by lesbians. Right. right. Because they were, they were dying. Yeah. Well, and the lesbians yeah. Nobody else wanted to touch them. Right. Well, that's why I have to say I never marched in the um, parades in leather because I was a healthcare worker. I was a nurse, and you're right. That's why it happened. So I was always with that healthcare contingent, and probably should have done it. Now that I think about it, because they probably could have cared less. Yeah. But it was more a work function. <laughs> yeah. But don't you think that the? Oh, I'm sorry, Donna. Go ahead. Don't you think that leather women prefer leather dyke because all the leather women I know say leather dyke. Yeah. And, you know, it just seems yeah, to go with it. Or, Plus, oh, I, I mean, just, I, I've seen that controversy yeah. over it's, and over. It's exciting to me to, to see and hear all those motorcycles and everything yeah, at the beginning it, yeah. of the parade. It's like, oh, good, we're starting Oh, now. I think it's a fun it's, way it's to see it. Yeah. And, and that's what I meant about being the co-anchor on the parade. And, you know, we wait and wait and wait. And then finally, I hear it. Here it yeah. comes. I get excited. And the other ones are like, now, Donna, what is this uh, contingent? <laughs> on bikes coming by, our first contingent. But you know, this is this is sort of the iconic piece of the San Francisco Pride Parade that everyone really remembers. It's Dykes on Bikes roaring down the street. And it's I not mean, just San Francisco, every parade across the country that Dykes on Bikes is first. It's just a traditional start. <laughs> <laughs> just wait, be quiet for a minute. Let me hear it and feel it because yeah. that rumble starts. It's just exciting. I am so grateful that we have someone like you who does um, uh, anchor the parade because I have heard many times when one of the other hosts has said something about a group and you step in because you have such a deep history with the community mm -hmm. and you're completely understanding of everyone. All walks of the LGBTQ community are oh, that's a great in your compliment. purview Thank you. and it really is important. And about the Dykes on Bikes, if they want to be called Dykes on Bikes, they should be let called Dykes on Bikes. Right. Let them self-identify the way they want right. to self-identify. But even after all these years, I'm a little pensive before I say that now because I'm afraid I'm going to uh, offend, even though they're the even personally, that's what changed it for me. I got right. to know some members right. personally. And uh, I had a birthday recently, and it was just neither here nor there, but it was at the Academy, this club on Market Street. And they had all these, like the chorus was there, the band was there. And to to take us to the entrance for the party, the Dykes on Bikes, led a little motorcade through it. the Castro. We were in a convertible in the back, Betty Sullivan and myself, she owned oh. Bay Times. And it was like, well, for me? I mean, it just, <laughs> you know, but there's a long standing relationship. Well, so now when I see him in that parade, I'm gonna be twice as proud. Now, now, Donna, I remember when you were the leather empress. Were and always will be. Oh, and, and always will be. <laughs> Our leather actually. empress. I brought this because I didn't know oh, where to go. Look at this. I mean, the community did that. There you me. go. Oh, there from Daddy's. Can you stretch it out the a little bit more empress. so they can see? I remember see? Daddy. I, mean, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yes. isn't Daddy's open anymore? Can you tell no, people? Now, can you tell people what Daddy's was? Uh, I was just getting. I was really getting involved in loving the leather community. I mean, I, I went to contests and I emceed them with Lenny Broberg a lot of mm -hmm. times. Uh, Bob Brunson was involved. Uh, Philip Turner was involved. Anyway, it was just a big part of my life. And one night I went into the uh, bar and they said. You're the leather empress, and I had—I'd been empress a few years before, but you know that was uh, in 1996 that I was uh, empress. But you're always empress. I'm the 30th empress, and now I'm the leather empress. And a couple of others don't like it. <laughs> They're like, what? "Well, I wore leather one night." It's like, okay. You got to get into it. <laughs> so, were you when you were leather empress? Were you actually in the parade instead of? No, I uh, actually no. I was always emceeing it. And I'll say one quick thing there about that too. You know, when you're co-anchoring this thing, I always think, what am I going to wear? And for a while, I always did like Barbara Walters little red suits. <laughs> I thought it, but but you got to get your foot in the door somehow. And then I would do what you were talking about. I'd say, actually, no. Stonewall was a protest, and you kind of go back to the origins of it that some of them had no clue to. Right. And, and one of one time, early early, they said, now Donna, we understand you've been to all of the parades. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she was obviously, I think it was a dig too. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Girl, you go 
way back. <laughs> Maybe I should talk to you about the work you've had done. It was, it was a dig, I'm sure. And then we, we talked about the origin of it because, you know, people don't, I, I don't know if they forget it. You've got to read your history. It was like we were bottled up mm-hmm. and we weren't recognized and we needed to, people were trying different things that were like underground newspapers and kind of, then at Stonewall that night, they just couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. That's and right. the police raided and they said, you know, not this time. I mean, and, and largely, it was, and this is historically true, it was drag queens, it was minorities, yep. it was uh, immigrants and people that weren't even citizens that were there illegally, they were afraid they were going to be thrown out of the country. I mean, it was be- people underground and they were back against the wall. They just couldn't take it anymore. And the police for the first time said, ooh, they can swing. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they threw things. And, and there, there was one, uh, as I understand it, one of the parking meters fell over and the coins all fell out. They said... Oh, and they threw coins at him. They threw glasses at him. It yeah. was just, and the police just were terrified for. Well, it was started by a butch lesbian, right? Stormy or Storm Deliver. Oh, uh, I don't know. Stormy. Mm-hmm. Stormy. Thank you. And a lot of people will, will like talk about Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. Of course, very important people. But even they say they came upon Stonewall after it already started. Oh, nice to know. Yeah. yeah. And I think the police were going there to do those crazy laws where you couldn't dance together or the people free article could... of clothing rule. And, and it was such right. a routine thing for them. It was like, okay, tonight we'll do that club tonight. We'll do that. It was just random that they were doing and, it that night there. And as you've said, it was not a great club. It was a small club. It was dingy. And the liquor was all watered down, you know. But I mean, something <laughs> had to start and somewhere it had to start. And I think the world the next day as the news kind of leaked out, it wasn't front page news. No. But the Guardian had something about, you know, Queens throw a fit, or you know, that's kind Queens of throw a fit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, the headline was so it dismissive. Was, you know? But remember, it was in the newspaper called the Fifth Freedom that used to be put out by the Madison Society. Oh yeah, and that's where they had that headline: the Queens throw a fit. But they talked about how the Queens were the ones who really started it because yeah. they were coming in doing and that had, crazy Maybe they had law. the most to lose too, or something. I don't know what. But so then, does that make you? Uh, upset when they tell you you can't be in the parade or you well can't I, show I do your think it, it, it for people that uh, that are counted as even a minority within our group it makes us mad you know no. I mean think about the history and that's why you have to look back at the history if if nobody else had done it how much longer would we have gone on right. behind the scenes in the bushes and behind hidden right you know it had to start somewhere and then it was like a firestorm I think after that it, they did yep. a march the next year and three cities participated LA, San Francisco, New York, of course, and Chicago. Yeah. So then it because we, from there. we discovered strength in numbers. Right. So it was, we are not going to be invisible yeah. anymore. And the mainstream press didn't like out. it. I mean, how much of this can we, we can't put that in a film? It was very hard. Well, to film. Well, you got to remember, here in San Francisco, we were having our own issues. You no, know, Harvey Milk had been assassinated. Right. We had the whole Jim Jones church thing that happening, year, and I was, right. I was. I was a senior in high school when all of that happened and I remember the sadness in the city. And I think that that really made people want to get out and into the streets. And it went from a sense of defeat to like, oh, maybe. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and you're right, the attack start because at the same time there was the Briggs Initiative. Mm-hmm. And I was yes. in college and I yes. actually had people come up to me and say, don't be so out. Because you know, oh. you might not be able to be licensed as a nurse with this thing going on oh, in yeah. California. <clears throat> and school teachers. Well, look at Tom Lomiano, who, who was a teacher, and then he went on to political office and was served mm-hmm. in the California right. Assembly. But I mean, I, he's, he's still courageous and brave in the face of all that. And Absolutely. I want to be that. Sometimes I think you I are cheat. that. No, sometimes I think I cheat. Uh, but when sitting, sitting <laughs> there, my Barbara, Walter, my Barbara Walter suit, I should say something stronger. But I, I, I just hope that. I ease myself in with that sort of thing and then speak the truth. There was a point at which the city was referring to you as the first lady of San Francisco. Love it. And I, to this day, still think of you as the first lady of San Francisco. I'm going to update my bio tonight. I am. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, Mark Leno did declare me the first lady of the yep. Castro. And then when he went to Sacramento, I was the first lady of California. I don't know. So Maria Shriver. And when he's like president, that. you'll be first lady of the oh, US. <laughs> I love it. it you know, that job has no responsibilities. But I do think it's important that Historically, we understand that it's the more marginalized right. within the LGBTQ communities that 
were at the forefront. It was drag queens. It was leather folks. It was the the kids who were sort of felt on the fringe. Right. It was the the people who back then were doing different kinds of gender expression, but we didn't have the language as much right. back then. You know. There, there, the there's this horrifying video of Marsha P. Johnson in Central Park after one of the parades, and she's trying to speak. And the crowd doesn't want to hear. It's like, oh, get her off the stage. She's ugly. She's wearing rags. She's like, what gender is she? Oh, her voice is too low. And they were like booing her off the stage practically. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. It's a historical video. And she said, can I just talk for a minute? I have, you know, a heavy New York accent. I've been trying to get up here all day for your gay brothers and your gay sisters in jail. They're right here. I've slept on the streets. I've been thrown out of places. And you, you white men in suits. And ask for your help. Yeah. And you all don't do a goddamn thing for them. Mm-hmm. Even in our community, it was like, that's so painful. Yeah. I don't want to be the fact checker, but I'm pretty sure it was Sylvia Rivera. Sylvia, Sylvia I'm sorry, okay. yes. No, Sylvia no, Rivera. No, no, because she was the more lit one. Right? I do oh. have that Oh, you do? Yeah. And it's, they... The Silver Rivera like foundation tried to wipe that footage uh, off the internet. It's the weirdest thing. Really? We all need yeah. to see things like that to remind yes. ourselves yes. of yeah. the pain that we went through. You're absolutely right. And so that also brings <laughs> me to the the kink doesn't belong at Pride issue that comes up every single year now. Um, for some reason, they want to hide us, or they say it's not appropriate for us to be there. Um, how, how, do, how do we feel about I, this issue? Well, I, I think, first of all, it takes a lot of different people with different strategies to change that. And sometimes it's perception versus reality. Do, we, do they really get pushed to the end of the uh, lineup every year? Or is it we remember it the most when they're the last in the parade? So reality, too. But as a, as a co-anchor, what I often do, you know, we have little breaks, bathroom breaks. We're like, Donna, don't you want to break now? Oh, no, the leather contention's coming up. I want to be there. I want to be there and wave at my friends. And there's even a leather guy that every year he jumps off the float and comes up. And the security around uh-huh. the thing is terrible. But I say, no, him. And he has a dozen roses for me or something. You know, I just know who Julian. Is. I mean, yes. Julian yes. is very yes. sweet. Julian does it. And so that breaks that little uh, divide, you know. it. I think that we have to, that's my strategy, but we all have to have strategies. Those mm-hmm. that are in big contingents say, look, I have done the research. We were number 300 last year, 230. That We want to be in the top 100. Mm-hmm. And I've done that before for some of the other groups I'm a part of. The Imperial Court is often, oh, while there, there were 12 years, nine years in a row, they were in this last third. And I said, you know, I, I've been doing this for a while. Could we move them up to the first hundred? Oh, we haven't thought about it. It was some. It was really a miss. About but it. was it a was it a slight? I don't know. And, and they it, were in the first third. That and it was recently. I can't remember <clears throat> what year, but within the last few years. I mean, obviously not during the pandemic. The the leather contingent was moved up significantly. Remember, mm-hmm. we actually yeah. got a good spot. I so, mean, okay. we have those discussions at a boardroom, yeah. and I, I sometimes I can't throw everything out, but that's that, that's my strategy. Again, each of us have to find a strategy. Yeah. No, Chris, you said something earlier about being at the L.A. parade. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember my first L.A. parade was 1992. Mm. I was supposed to be in it. I missed it because I was at brunch, but I saw it go by. <laughs> um, <laughs> And Brian Dawson was actually on the float saying, you're supposed to be up here. But I was having brunch. But the thing that really struck me about it is it was a celebration. There were there were floats and balloons right. and music. Smiles. And I had never seen that before because I was from San Francisco. So it's like, oh, my God, they have a parade. And that was really fun. <laughs> when did it turn into a party? Um, instead of just, like, a political... There was always, like, PFLAG and... Right. and uh, a and lot I wish of- we could maintain all of that because now there's a backlash. People say, you know, it should be more for protest. You know, in San Francisco, there's a second march now. Yeah. The day of the parade, there's a march, and it it it's sucking man, uh, you know, people, Resource. it's sucking resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to. Can't we have a parade with all those contingents? Can we have all that? Well, and then the other thing is, it's really lately turned, probably last eight years, turned very commercialized now with the more corporate sponsorships. And I remember when we first had like, I think it was the Absolute Float or alcohol Mm -hmm. companies realized this is a huge market for us. And they started contributing. And we didn't mind having that. And we didn't mind having that money. And we were, so we were feeling like we were accepted by society now because corporations were coming in. But 
when you see these big contingents of Facebook with their thousands <laughs> yeah. of employees and yeah. it, and while it's great that these corporations have good policies for their gay employees and we do want to support them, where does it become a corporate parade and I remember the hardest year when it, it was like we haven't had it for two years, so it's going back maybe four or five right. years and when it was the first time that it was a city block and then there were more of them. Mm -hmm. I mean the corporate it was a city block. And that was Facebook. Right. No, just one one contingent, Facebook. Facebook. And they kept coming and coming. And at first, I was like, "Isn't it great that we have?" It, it's still great. But a, it's a another little, block. It's a little okay. overkill. Yeah. So yeah. in the pride meetings, several people presented, and I thought it was a great idea to. We want them. We want all this variety, but we're going to limit the largest a group can be, and set a number on it. As someone that's sometimes involved in those conversations, and I mean, I've been to set panels and like community. Uh, I don't know what you call them, like board meetings. Forums. Forums. Do you guys actually take into account and hold these companies accountable? Because plenty of companies, like Facebook, for instance, have had plenty of like drama, fiasco around gay-related issues, drag queens. You can't even use the word top or bottom to refer to your friends on Facebook if you're gay. There's so much negativity there that I feel like they shouldn't be having a full block in a, a pride parade. Good well, point. It looks like you're looking at me. So, in, in, <laughs> in, no, you were speaking be, towards. Yeah. and especially because I've been in some of those board meetings. I say that these yeah. things come up, and especially in the Pride uh, Committee, you know, the organization that runs Pride every year, they got overwhelmed. I think very quickly when the sums came from ten thousand. Oh, well, you'll be fifty, a hundred. They get overwhelmed, and of course they want it because right. they want to be the biggest parade. And for a while there, we were the biggest parade. Then, then. Uh, what some South American city took it over and Rio and Rio, Rio. Rio de Janeiro so, and we don't want to be second you know but <laughs> and people always say why don't we have big entertainers because we don't pay them like some right. cities do so it, money's a factor but we got overwhelmed and I think lost our focus a little bit now I hear pride talking to organizations when they come to us with double the money from last year's like interesting what is that about? <laughs> yeah. And they do look at their HRC rating, which do you know what that is? Mm -hmm. HRC, and you have to have a report card kind of to know. You could debate the report card, but it's pretty factual. And um, and then other organizations like GLAD, does GLAD have some kind of a bad report? Because we have those organizations that, that exist. But um, we question them. I don't know of any corporate entities been denied a position because they were over, and maybe that's gonna have to happen next. So I kind of think that yeah, the corporate money is great and the corporations, but if they really want to be part of the parade and be a positive force for gay pride, why don't we let them sponsor a smaller organization, throw that money at it and then say sponsored by? Um, That's a good idea. I, I it mean, is. So that okay, yeah. the focus isn't their corporation, yeah. but it is organizations in our community. It is a good that, point. And I think now what happens is uh, some of that money goes into a pot and Pride does do things like offer a new stage for you know uh, a certain category of, of entertainment and civic center, but it's not sponsored by the person the money came from. That's good yeah, to give them But I'm credit. not so sure that we need all those stages and all those festival things. If, if the Parade itself is our celebration, and some of the like PFLAG and other organizations that don't have a lot of money, why can't the corporation sponsor them and give them a nice float? Um, a and then you could put the well, logo on the side and it's a win-win. But you said celebration again, and I'm just not convinced our parade is a celebration. It's, it's more of a march. Is it? See, I don't yeah, think it is. It's, 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 no, I think ours. I don't want it to be have a march. I just think it's a center. A march. Have you walked through that civic center during one of the last oh, yes. parades? Yes. It is empty water bottles, beer <laughs> everywhere. Those, people just and it. It's not a, it, a big part of it. Is just the city turning yeah. out, which are allies. I get that, but it's not really the queer community that's. Celebrating. See, I, I would debate you on whether or not those are our allies. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the old or... man thing right now. No, it's fine. But I, I, I don't I, I don't think that those people are allies. I Bro, you know, know I get on Muni and I see, you know, eighteen year old girls in, in little rainbow tutus and but you don't see them standing up for us in any other way right. or capacity so why are they there but see that's why i don't party. think it's a party they're yeah. there to party it's no, a celebration. but it's not our celebration no, exactly you're that, right i guess that's my point right that's it's not clear. our celebration right. it's 
a celebration. It's not even called gay pride or GLBT it's pride. Just pride. It's just pride. And I'm not arguing with you. I said allies just Yeah, you're saying be. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're saying the same thing. But I think it's to jump the shark. Well, but what I think is going to be interesting this year after the whole Disney debacle yeah. is when you see a huge corporation marching or parading is the Republican Party going to say now we're going to use our power to to put you out of business? But yeah. you even got the you even got like the and I know how you feel about <laughs> the law cabin Republicans. Oh God! And and look at you know there's all kind of groups in the parade that some people would think are controversial. Well, the most controversial for me, and that is when I sometimes do take a break, is the intact group because I don't know what to say. I know, I know. Like, the yeah. people that are against circumcision and and, and they oh, have oh, oh. pictures on their posters. And I'll be on my break. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Because even though I like a little skin, you know, the Walters say that. You know, I think we are probably going to end up coming down somewhere in the middle. There's often this, yeah. Yeah. you know, you have to sort of collaborate and form alliances. We're not going to not have big companies right, right, in the parade. Right. And, and you know, quite frankly, when mainstream America sees that a big corporation is at, it does have an impact. It does. Mm -hmm. It does. It does wear it, it, it down a little it bit. It does right. a positive impact. That said, I think we need more of a balance. And I think maybe that's what the discussions that are going on now are, are, are really tackling is how do we balance having these corporate entities that are part of Pride right. and like also that? keep it a protest and keep, especially today, we need it. Look at how yeah. trans people are in the are ah. absolutely being attacked They're left the and right. And, and we need to keep it as a yep. protest so, for the, that. And that's why so did you like that limited number for corporations? Yes, saying, I First do. of all, yeah. pass the, you have to pass the HRC with a certain rating. Yeah. You're limited to 100, 200, whatever it might be. You know, I mean, it was 4,000. One yeah. year. Yeah. That's number. a lot of yeah. it I like that idea. So that's one thing. But yeah, we need to not. think of other tools, you know. And, and it's I like your idea of steering some of that money. Right. Did you guys see that right now? Everyone's talking about how A is part of LGBTQ. And really? The A in LGBTQIA is ally, is what people think it is. Kids these days think it's that because they don't have a proper education. Oh, I thought it was asexual. Well, part of it, it was. It is. Oh, it is. Oh, it is asexual. I never know if I'm right. Why didn't you have that okay, on the so quiz? I got them all wrong. I'm about to get canceled. So I'm no, you're not. Get oh, you're not. yes, I am. Canceled. So, you know, so there's there's gay, there's lesbian, all of that. Asexual is not part of being gay. Why? Why? Yeah. Because that is not having sex. You know, okay, if I have never heard of anyone being beat up because they're asexual. No, but they've had to keep isolating themselves and not being able to say, you know, this is just my thing. I see, I, I know where you're going, but for me, I think gay is like sexual minorities. I, not totally, but do you know what I mean? I know what you mean, but Graylin, I want to challenge you on that as okay. someone who's on the ace spectrum, because I am on the asexual spectrum that way. Why am Why am I not queer then? Like, yeah, you I are like, queer. You, you are. You can. Oh, sorry. But, <laughs> but 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 my romantic attraction is very different from my sexual attraction. So demisexual. I'm very much. I am demisexual, but I'm very much into guys. But I'm still romantically interested, even if not sexually all the time, interested in right. men. So if I'm on that ace spectrum sometimes, am I not allowed to be a pride sometimes? But, just, but you're also gay, and you're yeah, also queer, but and you're also people, that. I'm just are. saying that that spectrum exists, but, and you don't always know where someone's at on that journey, and they are still queer in such a way that they don't fit into that binary. Right. They're not They're not heteronormative. And they're not. You know, Graylin, I, I'm going to jump in because I would have said exactly what you just said a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And it took somebody kind of sitting me down and saying, race, say? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an amp type person who yeah. said, race. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, I have friends that are my age who haven't had sex in 15, 20 years. Are they not gay? They don't have sex. They well, just don't. Listen. Mm. And so, but they're gay. But they're gay. Right, but, but they are I gay, but they allow, the, people should be allowed to self-identify regardless of whether they have sex or not. Right. That's my, that's my take now. And, and go ahead, but you're still gay. You're yeah. still gay. You're still a lesbian. You're still all of that. You're still queer. I, you're still queer. You're and, still all of those things. Yes. I don't think that we need to separate out 
asexual. And yes, I know I'm going to get canceled. No, okay. you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> okay. it's a, you can't be canceled. You, you have no presence. Right. <laughs> you don't oh, know how to use Twitter, so oh, you can't God. even be canceled. There we go. <laughs> but you know, back to Donna's thing, I have to tell you, when I first came to my first San Francisco Pride, it was because I was in, um, actually living in New York State, but I came to visit friends. Everybody I knew lived out here in the Clydesdales, came down mm. Market Street, and I was like, <gasps> Wells Fargo. we've arrived! No, it was Budweiser. Oh, Budweiser. The real, the Budweiser, uh, but Wells Fargo had him too with the stagecoach. And I can remember thinking, oh, we've arrived. However, at that time, I think they were some of the first corporations that came into the parade. I, I don't know, weren't they? Yeah. Or they were. Well, again, you're saying liquor, well, beer. I, well, that's what made yeah. me yeah, think about it because we drink beer. <laughs> and now it's Target and yeah. Facebook. And yeah. Miller sponsored the Bear Chest calendar. For years. Right. For years. And yeah. then started the rumbling started, you know, oh, we can't advertise with that picture. And that it, they parted ways. Well, oh, remember, really? Because of it being too I, sexual? I say that on the air probably. But, but remember no, the years. pictures they were, they were uh, shy of. Because they had to run it through their corporate, you know, it becomes right. corporate. Like, it's well, like, you know, like I was telling you, well, and then Absolute Vodka, didn't they start actually doing bottles that were Pride-themed? Like Stoli has them too. Well, Stoli. all these corporations, in June, they they roll out big campaigns of how yeah. gay they are with the rainbow. But then they turn it off after ju in June, and well, we never see There's that yet. big debate about, Good you point. know, if a, if a corporation has, the, they assign, you know, 5% of their income or whatever to entities that are doing something for the community so if we're in line and they give us money shouldn't we get it i mean that, that's a big yeah. debate in my mind sometimes i think you have to do a little bit of homework though because if they have a terrible hrc record and they do slave labor overseas or something and they're i don't giving, want their money and it's they're giving right. the equal amount of money to which is sometimes exactly. and conservatives that sometimes right. so, which is ironic because our sponsor leather daddy skin company has paid for this beautiful set So Leather Daddy Skin Company is a plant-based skincare line with a kinky twist. Leather, scotch, vanilla, and 18 erotic spices are bound to get the blood flowing, getting you ready to dominate your day. If you use offer code ONGUARD, you'll get 10% off your order. So thank you very much, Leather Daddy Skin Co. And you actually liked it. I, I loved it. Um... Until you just slathered Tasty Hole all over <laughs> I happen to like that Pride has kind of been rebranded as Pride. And the reason is that I think that, especially at this point in time in history, well, all history, but we need to form alliances more than we do separation. So I am entirely fine with anyone who falls into the wide bucket of queer, whoever that is. And I hearken back to, to when we had the debate about, um, do trans people belong in uh, That's fierce a debate. fierce debate. You're absolutely correct, right. and 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 of course they do. This is the these are the kinds of alliances we need to form because we need political power, and the only way we're going to have that power is by being in large numbers united. And what I witness is that people like the trans community or even the A community, you know, they exist year round, and they are an affinity group. They exist all year long, and they hang out together and connect and have a community. And it's like the Mardi Gras cruise, how that evolved oh. over time. We're small groups, yeah. but then there's the big parade where everybody comes together. And so maybe if we can develop that so that everybody has their identity, and then we get together as one big identity, it, it's pride. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, part of it is even our language. Everything's shortened these days. And when you're on the parade coverage, when we say it the first time, we say, welcome to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and we are probably trying to get all the letters in there. And then we say, from now on, it'll be the pride parade, because just for saving time. And mm -hmm. everywhere we're doing that, but any community, we abbreviate everything. So it, it falls back into what you're saying, though, that it's beneficial, that it's a bigger bucket that you just fall into. Which is ironic, because you were saying the word queer was probably, or well, was heavily debated uh, when we started using it, but now it encompasses it's everything. Still not, it's still not, we still hasn't won over. Really, you can't say it. Still, yeah. Oh, you've heard that, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially older, older, older. Well, people of a certain age. Yes. But you know, as a as a member of a marginalized group, obviously, I I don't think that pride is as inclusive as we're trying to make it sound. You know, it's it's not the big bucket, and I think that we've lost some of our own identity trying to include everybody in it. I mean, when you look, there's there's even black 
Pride that happens in LA. And then there's another one that happens in Oakland. And that's because we don't feel as included. When I go to Pride in San Francisco, I'm sorry, all I see is a whole bunch of white people, most of whom are not even gay, who are just marching with their companies or getting drunk in the middle of the Civic Center. And I don't feel included in Pride because it has no identity for me. See, and I see what you're saying because I worked in Oakland for so long and always went to Oakland Pride. And I- Ooh, I, really? Yes, always, <laughs> had to. But I actually thought Oakland Pride reminded me more of the origins than San Francisco Pride, which is a celebration. But I think they're both good. I think it's both and, but I think we have to have the Pride Committee work more to do with um, race set is now we've got to actively start saying let's come together let's make this one thing and not just have it by membership have it by real intention like well, there's an intentionality to include you know well, there are two different things going on now though because they are trying to i think make it a big bucket make everybody feel welcome but at the same time these extra marches are being formed you know a couple of years ago the 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 freedom what was it called the the Freedom March or and, uh, the People's March. People's, people's March. March. The people's and now March. there's a trans march and there's a there's a lesbian the march. march. Well, the People's um, March, that was Juanita's. Uh, she was part of that. She, but she, she was part of it. I mean, uh, yeah, but that was because Gay Pride didn't go on that year. No, it, it of, happened simultaneously. Because of the pandemic. Oh, it, uh, it, it would have been. In 2019, there was both a People's March and the Parade. Ah. And now the next year, you're right. They didn't do a formal there one. There was no gay pride right. because of COVID. Right. And then, so I'm just wondering, you know, it's a, how do we hit a happy medium? We want to have the big event and then have separate events. Well, where, where do the resources go? It just like, spreads things out so much. Exactly the resource. But to what you were saying, one of the things that I really appreciate about Trans Pride on Friday of, of Pride Weekend mm -hmm. is there's no way for their voice to be heard in Civic Center with their booths about information without them having that separate event. Because there are people there not only from advocacy, but from different medical organizations. And so it's very focused on them. And, and the mainstream press. And, and the mainstream press. Right. So what I challenge us to do as a queer community is doing what you said. I think everybody should exist very strong and really cohesive and then bring us all together. And that's what creates community. You know, I'm, I'm gonna use the microcosm of kink since we represent yeah, kink. kink. Yeah. We have so many groups within the kink leather communities that feel somewhat separate, but they are in the big bucket that we now call kink or sometimes leather. But they don't always feel like they belong, but they come together under kink. I think pride is kind of the same. Yeah. I think that they, they operate separately. You know, in, in our community, the, the pup community and the rubber community and the um, adult baby diaper lover community, and you yeah. could name it, they operate separately, but they come together at big events and at kink events and at leather events. Pride for me is kind of the same. Yeah. But do kinksters belong at Pride? Yes. Ah. <laughs> because with, yeah. the recent, with the recent like social media climbing that does happen, like social media is a huge thing now. And so whoever's the loudest has the most, you know, literal influence and therefore could be more of a popular opinion. Uh, it's been a conversation for years, but last year it was literally trending on Twitter for most of the day because a bunch of conservative uh, Twitch streamers or personalities were talking about how gay fetishists are just trying to swing their dicks in kids' faces. You know, and and then that's a two-way street, too. Yeah. You have to make them feel welcome, but what makes them feel welcome? I'll never forget one of the first things I went to was a bear convention, and I came up to the thing, and I had to pay, so I, I went to buy a ticket, and they said, Donna, this is for bears. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was for bears and those who like bears. And they got me in. But, you know, we, we need to somehow bridge that gap. I'm not, sometimes in the transsexual community, they don't think I'm really transsexual. I think I am because I'm blending the two right. genders. And But it's a, it's a jump for some people. How do we make people feel welcome? What makes them feel welcome? Right, but you know what makes them feel welcome? What I think personally is that we are expressing oppressed group behavior. And we are all oppressed groups. And oppressed groups have to focus so much on their identity 
that even those who align with them, sometimes it's hard to align because you're trying to say, I wanna do this with you, but I don't wanna lose myself. And now I think our oppression is coming out because of the current political climate. And I think like you said, Race, it goes back to, we have to work harder. We have to work harder as a community that what you're saying, you know, is that when Graylin says, but I don't feel welcome, we have to listen to that. And we have to have a plan that, well, well, what do we do? That either they reach out more or we reach out more to them. I just think we are right, this is the expression of oppressed group behavior. I, interesting. All events, all movements are iterative. Yes. They're constantly evolving. Look at what Black Lives Matter did to our consciousness what around exactly? racial equality. We're nowhere near where we need to be, but it brought that consciousness into the into the realm because of that. And and pride and other things need to do the exact same thing. They are not perfect. They will never be perfect. It will always be iterative, but we have to keep working harder to include. But do you know, at the very beginning, the Queens did that with Stonewall. Do you know, right after that, there was a national six part series called The Homosexuals on like NBC or ABC News. Do you remember that? It was horrific. If you look at it, oh my God, it's horrific. But Back then, we were, what you just said, Black Lives Matter people. There's people in, that don't even realize right. that black people still have to really But we've been saying that. that since air. Right. Well, you so know, so finally white people decide, oh yeah, now, now, we should now we'll let black lives matter, or now we'll admit that black lives should matter. But we've been saying that since the 1800s. Our lives still don't fucking matter. I agree. Well, it's the same thing with Queens. You want to know something? When trans that Vestites were killed, police used to call it an insignificant death. You know that? Yeah, and think of when black trans Still, people are killed. today, exactly, so. I'm sorry, we're off topic. No, we're not. No, we're right on if topic. We share, on topic. If we could share that pain and, and translate it into whatever it was. I, when I went to Mobile, Alabama one time, I was oh. to, to MC their first pride parade and festival. And so it, they got me up on that stage and they said, okay, you're on. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> there was a truck behind me that said Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And there were people oh, with bullhorns just ready to go. And I thought, what do I do? What do I do? And my producer was so smart. He said the song we talked about. And I sang the national anthem. And oh, all the bullhorns went down. It was like suddenly, we've got to find a common thread that pulls us together. If it's, a, if it's our nationality, if it's something. You know, so much of it's so vituperative. We just yell at each other. How do we communicate reasonably and accomplish something. Right. And can I say that, and because I'm really hearing what you're saying. <laughs> Me too. Is that there are times that this old white guy needs to shut up yep. and listen to black people, to trans people, to whoever. A people. A people, everybody. Yep. And say, okay, I need to open my mind. And that of course dovetails directly into does kink belong in pride, it does. We all belong in pride in that sense, as long as they they are in, the, in that bucket. But I'm really hearing what he's saying. I agree with you. And he's because right. I think that I'm giving lip service to black people being included, isn't Black Lives Matter great? But you know, I'm an old white guy saying this, and like he said, black people have been saying this for years. I agree but with what, you. What you were just talking about, I've seen happen right here in this room, because you said two years ago, I was this, and you've evolved when we were talking about asexual right. people. And you, as they were talking about it, I saw you there. Hmm. You were thinking, mm -hmm. you know, our, our minds begin to change. So it's happening right here. How do we get this uh, openness? I, I think some people just walk into the room saying, I'm not going to accept this, this, or this. That's how do you right. change that behavior? Well, that's why I love Graylin's voice, because you're dead on right. And, you know, I think we have to take the responsibility somehow, even in our little, little lives, to, to do it. You know, it, that seed starts it. I, I don't... It's conversation. You know, it's conversation. And you know, Race, I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying with the whole pride thing. It's so, to me, it's sort of the whole American melting pot thing, you know, which I don't believe in either. either. But I think that we lose some of our identity when we yeah. take out gay and lesbian and, and who pride is about. Because, you know, do people sh who show up at pride 
are they celebrating us or are they just out so that they could wear their little tutus? And get drunk, right. You know? And how about the people that say, I used to like being gay when it was in the bushes. It was, it was, all, it was all underground and everything. It's not in I the bushes that, anymore? It, it, well, <laughs> but you know, some people liked it when it was underground and they don't like the fact that now Facebook walks in the parade. There's just so much going on there. You know, and, and if you look at some of the recent polls, young people under the age of 25, a huge percent of them, the uptick in how many identify as somewhere on the queer spectrum compared to where they did, where do they fit in? Some of them aren't definitely gay or lesbian and they're not even necessarily bi, they just have, they're somewhere on that spectrum. We acknowledge there's a spectrum now. Right, right. so where well, do and, we, and they that, fit in? And that's what we're finding too as we've yeah. uh, expanded the alphabet of yeah. inclusion. And especially now with this younger generation coming up, they're not finding a voice anywhere in it either. Yeah. You're writing up something with, I think you might have been there, but I think it was like 1993 or four, there was a march on, um, there was a march in New York and there was supposed to be a pride celebration. But when the leather contingent got there, we were told that we couldn't wear chaps. Oh. We oh, couldn't such. have any, uh, we right. couldn't have floggers, we couldn't have anything, and we had to be quiet. We were actually told to be quiet yeah. and just march I bet that was Stonewall 25, the 25th anniversary yeah. of Stonewall. You're yeah. absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> and and when, it, when the speakers were on the mall speaking, they had there was one drag speaker, and she mm -hmm. fought her way to get up there. You know, and, right. and this is our community. This You're is right. Up in and I remember because there could be no drag queens, and yeah. they didn't want the leather people to look like leather people. Right, right. but see, they I think we're getting back into that bullshit now. I do. I think that kind of stuff, this heteronormative, let's all look homogenized, is you know starting what I hate again. Are these little token things people do? They <laughs> will upset you, I'm sure. But I remember being in one meeting when they said, you know, we need more of an African American presence, black presence in the brain. They said, well, didn't we give them the Solar Pride stage? Oh my God. <laughs> that was a response in the room too. Yeah, that, that, that still runs through people's minds. Like, well, we it's it's oh, we just, gave them that. We let them come. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's a leadership in a meeting with leadership. Yeah. Well, the first time I ever heard this argument, there shouldn't be kingsters at Pride, was thirty years ago, and it was these two queens and their khaki shorts just saying how they're making us look bad. They were long cabin Republicans. Be there. Probably, they probably are today, and and. I, I, I had this argument with them and they're like, well, we need to be accepted and, and Kingsters are giving us a bad name. Mm -hmm. We're accepted. Look at the money and the corporations coming in. We don't have to fight for that anymore. We are accepted and lots of, look with gay marriage, even though that might be taken away now. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand why they're still trying to hide who the people are in our community. You know, a few years ago, I was on a panel with Nicole Murray Ramirez, yeah. who's a major... She's the one that spoke at that at, yeah. uh, March on Washington. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We did a, um, a radio show in San Diego. So it was me and Nicole and then some women who were angry that um, they wanted San Diego Pride to be a family event what? because they had kids right. and they Big didn't want leather people there and they didn't want drag queens there. So I was the leather person, Nicole was the drag queen and they were adamant. They did not want us there because they thought See, that we would scare what'd you say? kids. What'd you say? We argued our point and we said the same thing that we've been saying here. It's like, we started this. Yeah. We're, the, we're the marginalized groups here. You can go home right. and put on whatever you want and walk out the door and target. all anyone is ever going to see is another white woman. Exactly. But we're not gonna be able to do that. See, and that's where I think the strength of the affinity groups come because you guys are organized and I don't wanna say you guys, but, but no, but, well, no, but you are. <laughs> but listen to what your voice did. If your voice wasn't there, you know what? They would have just gone, oh yeah, you're right. We better not the children. And that's why I think the strength of the affinity groups, what our challenge is, is then figuring out how to get together and everybody have their identity but still have their unity. And then where are we figuring these things out? Yeah, where is, is it? The Pride Board? Are they are they the ones that we need to And talk do you know to? what the Pride yeah. membership Pride you know, to be a member of Pride is Pride membership. It's ten dollars. Oh, it's very minimal, but but there I think there's six hundred members. I mean, th that's, that's not all of us. 
And and sometimes somebody will come in with seven of their friends and that becomes a new like little subgroup or something and they get, you know, something happening for them. It, it's a huge issue and a huge event, but a small pe group of people running it. But it's voluntary. None of those people get paid, so they've got to give up their time. It's, it's, it's a really difficult thing. This makes me think of the old adage of you know, making legislation is like making sausage. sausage. That's what pride is. Yeah. It's messy. It's not what easy. Well, I love sausage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Suddenly, suddenly we're all sausage. Just like, oh, 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 wow. Thank you. Let's <laughs> But you know, Amp earlier said it's about conversation. He's right. It is yeah. about conversation. It's about hearing this voice. It's about right. hearing this voice. It's, it's about hearing the asexual voice, the demisexual, whatever it is. It's messy. It's not supposed to be neat and perfect. It's supposed to be kind of a clash. Hopefully it's a civil clash. Right. And finding common ground somewhere. Somewhere, there. yeah. It's yes. not homogenous either. It's not so homogenous. So that is no. why we all belong yep. in this event. We don't want to be so, homogenized. That's no. why we broke away from homo right. as a homo <laughs> and hetero. You know, right? yeah. Well, shit there. Okay, so... And this is a Donna question because mm. you sit up in that booth and you have to deal <laughs> with all of this. Um, should there be a limit on nudity and those sorts of things? Well, there you run into FTC regulations. You know, if if uh, if there's a nude thing that happens for more than two seconds, the station can be fined. So of course, the station is going to say it's ten thousand dollars or something. So yeah. the station can say, "Oh my God!" And they they move the camera away, and then we all react like, "Oh, it's because of nudity." It's not that they didn't like the nudity. They saw that fine. And they, they're legal people saying you see a fine. And if you do it repeatedly, you could lose your license. I mean, it's FTC. So you run into those kind of regulations. Yeah, maybe those laws should be changed. You know, maybe the, the bar shouldn't close at 2 o'clock. They should be open all around, around and the And what is this nudity? Because I don't see a lot of it. Other well, that's than, we, other I, than I it. We do it. We do. Especially in the leather contingent. And what was great, you know, in the leather contingent a few years ago, I think we were, we were marching together. Mm -hmm. um, the leather people that we knew were great. You know, we were out there in our leather. We were being proud. What happens is you get other people who are like, oh, they're the leather people, and they run out there, and they're naked, and they're doing this oh. thing. So it's not even really us. Oh. And I'm not even sure that people really understand that it's a rule, or that's a law, or the yeah. uh, station is going to get fined. People just think that yeah. you just don't want us to do well, so then, I'm going to go do it. So maybe information exchange. People need to know that. There's still seven words if you say on the air you get fined, you know, and you know what those seven words are. And so that's one of the reasons I think they like me because I just don't use those words generally. And when somebody says, oh my... Because you're a lady. Well. <laughs> exactly. I'm Barbara Walters. <laughs> well, I've got to tell you, at a place where I work, a huge corporation here in San Francisco, they talked about... Now, Jim, who's the lady that always MCs the parade? <laughs> Yeah. I said, oh, you mean Donna Sanchez? <laughs> I'll get Raquel at my upcoming events. <laughs> and you know, there's a very different, it's different with broadcast versus the parade itself. Okay. Yeah. The, parade, it's, the parade itself right. should pretty much allow whatever. Right. Within reasonable, you know, but including but what about the children? But, <laughs> but if the broadcast decides to cut away, that I get. Okay. Yeah. If you don't want to show a nude person okay. on camera, you can't do that. Right. That's different. Okay. We're just talking about the, the parade itself. itself. Okay. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. they're, they're two separate issues. And, and I agree that the parade should be welcoming. Because some of those people, you think, there are probably some people in the leather contingent that for the first time are in that contingent. And they're like, mm -hmm. it feels good. And I'm going to go out in the sunlight. I mean, it must yeah. be exciting your first time. And this is part of me and I'm gonna show it to the world. It's emotional. Well, you know, the first time I saw that kind of excitement was when the staff from some HIV hospices, they were on the um, that Muni car that they always pull out. And even though they were straight, I mean, they were saying, oh my God, you know, it's the first time we're able to be in the parade. Yeah. And that's where I go back to, you know, they were a huge part of the community. And they were huge advocates to the community. And it goes back to what you said. We've got to figure out how to join them all. I also think that there, there's a, a, a phrase that I started to use a lot in, actually during the pandemic. And because I was working with an organization, we were trying to decenter whiteness. In other words, I think that there are, I don't use this word very often, there are people of privilege that should take that privilege and put people forward that have not been forward before. And I think that's what pride needs to do. Yep. They need to 
whether it's black people, you can chime in on this, whether it's trans people, whoever it is that hasn't been put forward, that's part of pride across the country, pride's duty to put those people forward because us all white gay guys have been forward for a long time. Yeah. All right, so that was good. I'm calling time on this. Um, <laughs> lots of good views. Uh, Donna, thank you so much being our first guest. Thank you. You I were fantastic. set a high bar for the next guest. You really have. <laughs> yeah, I don't have. know what we're going to do. No. But I love this. This represents what we should all be doing in our communities, talking to each other, being quiet for a minute, listening to somebody else, hearing an idea that is out there and thinking about it a little bit. This, if the community did more of this, we'd be miles ahead. Thank you for that. If you like our videos, please ring the bell down below so you'll be not notified of the next one. And please subscribe. Do you know that we're at 5,000 subscribers right now? Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Wait till this airs. Is that good? <laughs> <laughs> if we get another 5,000, we'll be monetized. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, wow. Maybe. Uh, on paper, uh, you would be monetized. Our topics may not be. <laughs> if you like some of the gear that we wear here on the show, you can go to onguardgear.com and check that out. Thank you again, Donna, Race, Graylin, Pig. And I am so happy I got through the whole day without pulling a Graylin. And neither <laughs> and did look you. At this. Look at oh. it. Oh my God, there it is. <laughs> Suddenly I want to sit in your lap. <laughs> I do want to say <laughs> thank you for all you've done for the community in terms of emceeing everything and fundraising. You are the queen of San Francisco. I'm not done yet. <laughs> You're not done yet. And you know, Donna, I just want to bring up one thing that always makes me think of you. I remember there was a bar once that didn't want you to come in. Oh. And you came in, and, and that was just such a special time. And and thank you. The for bar didn't want me, but the people did. The people did. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. We we pretty much said, do you not know who this person is? Yeah. She well, is the queen of San Francisco. You want to lose all the income? All we're all going out with her. <laughs> That's right. Money speaks. <laughs> That's right. Well, you're always welcome. Here. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Dan. you guys for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.